Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crossbridge Community Church. My name is Jordan, and I am the teaching pastor here, a teaching pastor, then also a young adults pastor here at Crossbridge. And I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and engaging, because we know that it could be so easy during this time for us to disengage uh, and to pull away. But I want to just invite you in these next few moments to uh, worship with God, to connect on a new intimate way, and to focus your prayer life on giving praise in the midst of all of the chaos that is going on, because it can be so important. So thank you so much for being here, being a part of what C3 is doing, what God is doing in the bigger picture. I'm excited about today because I have been given the opportunity, a free reign from Brad, our lead pastor, to kind of uh, pick what I wanted to talk about. We're not really doing a series right now as we're in this weird stage of deciding uh, what the reopen is going to look like. And so uh, I just had the opportunity to choose a passage in the Bible that meant a lot to me and, and preach about it, which is not something I get the opportunity to do very often. And so I'm looking forward to what today has in store for all of us. But as I was preparing for the message today, uh, and I was thinking about it, it brought me back to a time in fifth grade when I was actually at an amusement park called Cedar Point. And many of you might have heard of Cedar Point, and thinking about going to an amusement park right now either brings a lot of anxiety or it brings a lot of excitement. Uh, just kind of waiting for Disney to open back up or Cedar Point to open back up or uh, Kings Island, whatever your favorite might be. Uh, but this brings me back to fifth grade. And I had never gone to an amusement park. I'd never ridden a roller coaster before. And so I was going with my dad, who was one of the uh, kind of group leaders at the time. And he was taking a group with us. And uh, one of my friends, John McKinney. And so we were with, paired with my dad and maybe a few other of the youth students. But my dad, he told me, he's like, Jordan, you've never ridden a roller coaster before. And so if you're going to be a successful roller coaster rider, you have to start with the big dog. Okay? And so some of you that know Cedar Point might think that's the top throw dragster, the tallest roller coaster at the park. But, I mean, that's 13 seconds long or, or something like that, 17 seconds. It's a few seconds long, okay? And so that's not really the top dog you've got to conquer. The biggest and most exciting one, in my opinion, and my dad's opinion, was the Millennium Force. And so we got in line. He wanted me to start the day off with that because he said if I could conquer that one, I could conquer them all. I had never ridden a roller coaster. I didn't know if I had a fear of heights, but I was going to trust my dad. And so I got into the roller coaster seat. We had waited like an hour and a half for this ride. It was an insane line. I got locked in, ready to go, saw the countdown, and I froze. <laughs> Absolutely froze for like two seconds before I started screaming. <laughs> I started freaking out, asking the uh, administrator, the person running the ride, I said, hey, Stop the ride. Get me out of here. Right before it hit one, uh, I was screaming my head off because I was absolutely mortified about riding this roller coaster. And so uh, a few employees were running down. They were taking off uh, my, my harness, and they were getting me out of the ride. And my dad just sat next to me, crushed. And so then John McKinney, who was with us, he was sitting behind. He actually moved up to sit with my dad. And I ended up going downstairs sitting uh, on a patio bench and then watching John and my dad go up on the ride. And it was actually one of the more heartbreaking, uh, sad Jordan stories of my life because I'm sitting there just terrified, filled with anxiety about this roller coaster I didn't ride. And then in the midst, I see my dad and John going up this ride. And my dad puts his hands up and John follows and then they just have a blast. 
And as I was thinking about that story and how it connected to today and kind of what we're in, it, it brought back so many memories of how many times I have allowed fear, have allowed anxiety, have allowed suffering. More importantly, in kind of better a better description, how many times I've allowed my circumstance to dictate the choices I make or the next steps I take. But then to make it a little bit more personal, we think about it. God is going to call us to do something powerful with a purpose. And we have that free will, the opportunity to say yes and to say no. How many times do we say no to God and then we are sitting back on that patio bench and watching God take another person on the ride? And you see the excitement with their hands up, glory filled, and that could have been me, that could have been you, that could have been us, but our situation stopped us from taking that step. And that was something so powerful that came to my mind. How many times in my life I have allowed my circumstance to dictate the decisions that I make. And God, he wants us to trust us in the midst of all of those moments. And so I don't know where you are at in your life right now. You might have your own roller coaster story. You might have something a little bit more personal, a little bit more intimate, where you have had an opportunity that God's placed something on your heart and then we freeze under the circumstance and choose not to take those next steps. And that can be so difficult. But it reminds me of this passage that I want to focus on today for the sermon that comes from the gospel writer, John. And we actually just spent seven weeks going through John, and we didn't teach on this passage, but it is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And so if you'll turn with me to John chapter 16, we're going to start out at verse 32, I believe, and we're going to read from the heart of this individual who is quoting Jesus, talking to his disciples. And so John writes this in verse 32, a time is coming. And in fact has come when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I want to stop there for a second because I don't think there is a more relevant passage to our world today than John 16, 32, where John is quoting Jesus saying, there will be a time and it has now come when all of you will be scattered to your own home. I mean, that's literally what we are right now, where the church has been scattered in a different way, not because of persecution, but because of health. And we're scattered and given the opportunity to either allow our situation, our circumstance to dictate our response or to let God invite us on the roller coaster journey. And so verse 33 provides some of that encouragement that Jesus wants us to hear. He says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. I want to read that one more time. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. I think that passage is so powerful after it follows verse 32. It says you're going to be scattered, you're going to experience suffering, you're going to experience chaos, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. And so the bottom line and the main point that I want to hit, and it's the theme for today, it's these five words I want you to memorize. It's something a little cheesy, but here we go. It says this, don't take part, take heart. 
in your circumstance, in your suffering, in your life, don't take part. Don't do things halfway. Don't give just a little bit of energy, but take heart. The fullness of what God has in store for you. And so as I was studying and researching for today, I looked up the Greek words for take heart that comes from uh, uh, my favorite Bible app, the Blue Letter Bible. And so I was going on there, I was studying, and actually the phrase take heart in Greek is tharseo, tharseo. And that is used and referenced and interpreted in a few different ways, but tharseo means a little bit deeper uh, to take courage, to take comfort, as some translations say, uh, to take heart, obviously. And then lastly, to, uh, to take cheer, to be cheerful, to find joy. And I think that's so important as we're understanding our context of what, we are, of what Jesus is saying is that, hey, guess what? In this world, you will experience suffering. You will experience trials. You will experience anxieties, fears, painful times. But guess what? Take heart, take courage, take comfort knowing and be filled with cheer knowing that God has overcome the world. That's so powerful that we have this action. Say, hey, we weren't just called to stay put, to take part. We were called to take heart, to take courage, to take comfort to this, knowing that God is in control. And if we allow him to invite us, invite us onto that roller coaster ride with our hands up screaming, that it's going to be a journey, but it's going to be filled with exciting things. Don't take part, take heart, take courage, take comfort. Be filled with cheer. Peter kind of hits on this, of, of this idea of suffering and why it's so important that we allow our suffering not to define us, but to help mold us into a follower of Christ and the genuineness that comes with that, that we lean into God in the midst of our circumstance. And so in 1 Peter uh, uh, chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, I, I just see Peter talk so deeply about some of these themes that we saw uh, Jesus hit on. And so Peter says this, he says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith or greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Peter says that though you may suffer for a little while, though you may experience some things, maybe you're a student right now, you're in middle school, high school, elementary school, college. Um, yeah, your, your school year this year has been just devastated. And I'm, I'm hurting for you if you were graduating this year um, that this was taken from you, and that's hard. And I'm so sorry that you've had to experience that, and I wish I could give you my senior year. Uh, maybe you're an adult who has children and you're trying to deal with the e-learning schedule and, the, and the, the chaos that the house might feel like. Maybe you've lost your job during this time. Maybe finances have been tight. Maybe you're filled with anxiety and fear because of everything going on. God says that you're, and, and Peter emphasizes that, yes, you are experiencing suffering. And something I want to make known is your emotions, your anxiety, your depression, your fears, your, uh, your circumstances, those are all real things, okay? I think so often, we're told that, hey, your fear is not real. Tell it that it's a lie. But I, I think that if we look at it that way uh, in a kind of this transparent view and we try to look past it, then we can never go through it and get past it in a healthy way. But your, what you're experiencing right now is real and it's difficult, but it does not have to be the period that ends your sentence. 
It doesn't. As real as it is, it's not even close to as powerful as God is. Don't take part, take heart. You can either choose to allow your situation to define you and decide what your next steps are. Or you can go through them, grow through them, and take next steps with your hands up on that roller coaster ride, saying, God, you are so good. How many times have us, have I in my life, refused to take a next steps with God or allowed my circumstance to dictate my next steps when all that should be doing that is God? And how many opportunities have I missed out on? I think it's such a scary number that I don't even want to know. And so I want to close like this today. There are two people in my life that I think kind of embody John 16, 32 and 33 for me. Individuals who don't just take part, but they take heart. They take courage. They take uh, comfort. They take cheer and joy knowing that God is in control. And the first person, uh, when I reached out to him, man, he's just one of my favorite people in this world. His name is Will Wiggy. And this is a crossbridger who is filled with so much joy, so much life. He brings me so much joy in life. I love getting to know this guy. Um, and he is a true follower of Jesus who has experienced so much suffering and so much pain in this world and yet is filled with so much joy. And so I reached out to him this week and I asked him, hey, would you just kind of describe your view on this world and, and what you've been kind of given and required to walk through? And this is what Will said. Will says, I was born with O-C-E-I-S, which is a, a bunch of different diseases that are uh, kind of affect the way he lives. He was also born with hip dysplasia and chronic illnesses. Despite what people may believe, it doesn't get me down all that much. The sole reason to that is I don't let it stop me from doing what I want, like making things or so on and so, making friends uh, and making things so on and so forth. I live a normal life with some minor oddities, oddities here and there. It's all about perspective as well. Yeah, I have disabilities, but some people have it way worse than I and aren't capable of doing even the most basic of everyday tasks. I'm lucky enough to do so. It also helps knowing that I have a purpose like this. Without trying, I've become a witness to people through my joyous demeanor and my situation. My parents did not raise a disabled kid. They raised a kid with disabilities. I love that so much. There's a difference. When raising me, my parents often look to Romans 5, the glory and suffering, the understanding that through the toughest times, Jesus Christ is by our side. So really, how can you be down about it when the pros outweigh the cons? Man, Will is one of my favorite human beings. He's filled with so much joy, so much life, and he is conquering all that, uh, through God, he is conquering all that has been placed. He's not allowing his situation to dictate his next steps. And he is such an inspiration, man. I mean, he said in there, people have it way worse, and, and this is uh, someone who has gone through his fair share of suffering. And the second person that I wanted to share about is my sister, a selfish kind of brag about someone I look up to a lot, my sister Taylor. Uh, she has gone through so much in the last 20 years, um, really even since she's been born, 26, but uh, so much pain, so many illnesses. Uh, she's dealt with PTSD. She's dealt with chronic illnesses, uh, autoimmune disease. She's dealt with, uh, she was just diagnosed with celiac disease. It's changed the way she lived, the things she could do, how she can work, the things she can eat. 
It's been so difficult for her to adjust. But this is what Taylor said when I was asking her about sharing her story today. And she said this, for me, it's all about enduring. I really feel like God wants me, uh, wants more from me than to stay put in my sickness. What's important for me is faith. I've had people tell me that I'm sick because I don't have enough faith. But I think it takes way more faith to say, I know you can heal me, God. But if you don't, I will still love you, Lord. I can continue having faith and joy because of promises like John 16, 33. People like Taylor, people like Will, man, they are so encouraging for us to embrace their story and say, hey, you didn't just hop on that roller coaster with your hands up. Man, you were sitting in the front row and you were going again and again and again. And so here's what I want to close with today. Uh, first, I just want to remind you, don't take part, take heart. I want to give you a challenge. Uh, maybe grab a piece of paper, maybe a note card, maybe write it on your hand, maybe put it on your phone. But I want you to have that hanging up somewhere, those five words, don't take part, take heart. Uh, put that somewhere where you will be reminded every day you're going to wake up and not allow your situation, your circumstances to dictate your next steps. Remember, your circumstance, your suffering, your pain is all real, but it doesn't have to have the power to control you. Give that power to God. And so I actually want to close today with a prayer that's not my own prayer. Something a little bit different today. I want to go to a prayer from Jesus, and it follows John 16, 33. And so this is how I want to pray today. I want to go to one of Jesus' prayers as he's talking about all of this. And this is what Jesus says. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life. This is so important as we pray this today. Say, or say this after me, okay? This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Thank you, Jesus. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And then say this, here we go. And now, Father, Glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Thank you, Jesus, so much for who you are. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope that, man, you just experienced God in a, in a, a new, fresh way today. We've got something excited we want to tell you about. Maybe you haven't heard yet, but we are doing something entirely different for Memorial Day weekend and a few weeks past that. It's something called Nature's Calling. And no, it's not that kind of Nature's Calling. We actually are going to be going outside to do our worship service. And you can join us in one of three ways. You can um, just stay at home. We're going to be live streaming that like normal on Facebook and YouTube. You can come in your car, keep your family in your car. We'll have uh, parking spaces out there ready for you to, to watch the service there. Or if you can get out with your uh, lawn chairs, you can bring your family out and set in the lawn before the stage. We've got a tent coming, stage coming, going to have a full band. It's going to be a great time of worship. We hope that you will join us. That's May 24th, Memorial Day weekend. Hope to see you.